Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. This is more than just a podcast. Podcast. Nah. Sorry. Sorry, it's yeah, usually your job. Yes. It's usually it's usually your job, Sean. Sorry, I forgot to do it. Sorry. It's season seven, episode three already, and we welcome back George, who is on holiday this week. Where are you, George? I am in uh sunny Sherwood Forest in Centre Parks. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, loving and it. we welcome back uh our new presenter, Nigel, who I assume is in his shed. Back in my shed. Yeah. Got the cricket on. Uh, tell us another fact about your shed that you didn't tell us before, Nigel. And, and, and did I tell you a fact about my shed? You told us lots of facts about your shed, including all the stuff you've stolen. And you promised, <laughs> us, you promised us another one this week, I think. So I've, the listeners I, will be disappointed I've, I've, if I have got hanging up nearly every um, mini figurine of West Ham players you can get. Oh, so right. We want to show them. They call them the... No, the little collectible mini figurines. Have you got? Have you got Steve Potts? Uh, yeah, I've got them all. I've virtually got them all. Virtually, Bobby Moore. I've got multiple Bobby Moores, Jeff Hurst, Martin Peters, all the team from the early nineties. Uh, including, forward. including Steve Potts. Yes. Yeah. Good. Yeah. I, I've even, I've even allowed the mini, mini Sam Allardyce. Wow. Anyway, Nigel, enough of that. It's not a shed podcast. Yeah. <laughs> and we and John, good Hi. humoured, Hi. happy John. Where are you, John? I'm as I was before in my loft. Oh. It seems to be my new recording area. Yeah. Do you want to tell us something something interesting about your loft? Uh, there's nothing greatly interesting about my loft. It's my loft room. It's, it's very Excellent. quiet. Well, it's let's talk recording. about some football. I am back from sunny Spain. I've just literally got off uh, a plane a few hours ago we didn't record yesterday because it was a bank holiday and we were depressed um, but we're back today to discuss two day- games and let's start with the positives let's start with the Cheltenham game did did anyone make the trip the trip to Cheltenham no no, no. <laughs> did everyone watch it yes yes, yes. thank you Scott. right let's start 
let's start with the negatives. John, tell us about <laughs> tell us about Cheltenham. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it seems like so long ago. It was a it was a pretty it looked like a pretty even game to be honest. Um, but we managed to score and they didn't. So yeah, that's how I remember it. I wasn't overly I wasn't overly impressed by it, but. You know. With a little bit of more in-depth analysis, Nigel. Um, only back two winners this year. Uh, yeah, Cheltenham Festival didn't, didn't 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 pan out as it did like the year before. So, uh, but apart from that, yeah, I thought it was okay. And the football. Oh, the football. Sorry, I always associate Cheltenham with the horses. Um, I, Look, they did what they had to do, didn't they? So there's nothing really to grumble about. We always want West Ham to progress in the Cups. We put a good team out. You know, what's what's there to moan about? Well, in regards to Cheltenham game, what is there to moan about? <laughs> hey, not a lot, really. <laughs> no, better late than never, Sean. Yeah, I know, I know. George, please, yeah. some sensible, positive vibes from you about the Cheltenham game. Uh, well, I'm I'm I, I'm going to struggle to find positives. I think I think the, the, obviously the wins are positive, but I feel like we should have won by more. Um, uh, I mean, I think if it wasn't for James Collins's immense performance at centre back, there's a good chance Cheltenham would have got in back into that game. Um, but I mean, I had money on Sacco and AU to score, and they both scored, so I was happy with that. You you had money on both of them to score. Yeah, I did a, the, them both to score bet, and they both scored. So, yeah, that was good. Well, well done. Thank you. How much did you win? Uh, only about 40-odd quid, but, you know, every little helps. Hey, that's more like it. And that's a positive. <laughs> There's a positive. Sean, um, what did you tell us what you thought, Sean? Well, I, I, I mean, I watched it. I actually watched it uh, drinking cocktails in a hot tub uh, in, in Spain. So I was only watching it on a little screen with all the bubbles. It was hard to, I couldn't hear it. I can only watch it on a, like with a Some other screen. couples, or was it just, just... With some other couples, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Just... Ooh, uh, missus. <clears throat> was that kind holiday of holiday, was it, Sean? Yeah. Um, you know, it's it good that Sacco scored. And I think AU scored. You know, we, we probably deserve more. And maybe that's a point to bring in the stats. You know, we, we had 63% uh, possession. No, sorry, we didn't. Because uh, that's the wrong game. We had 66% <laughs> while Cheltenham had 34. To the end. West Ham had 12 shots with four on target. Cheltenham had seven and two. Yeah, you think we should have done better. But if you look back historically, and Nigel will back us up this, we never do well against the, the smaller clubs. And sometimes we've come off, you know, the worst and, and either drawn it or... Lost it. So, you know, we had the disadvantage of not having it at home. Uh, we won 2-0. You know, the, to be honest, we should have won 3 or 4-0 by the end. You know, second half, I thought we were really dominant. And uh, they were just devoid of ideas at the end. Um, and we, we should have gone on to... But it doesn't matter, does it? We're through to the next round. We're playing Bolton at home in the London Stadium. Um, and... You know, we could we could get a cup run together despite our poor league form. So a win's a win, you know. And I, I was hoping, I suppose, that would be the catalyst to give confidence is everything in this game, isn't it? And after two Premier League losses, I was hoping the win at Cheltenham, even though it was a lower opposition, would push us on to play one of the worst teams in the Premier League at the moment 
in Newcastle, and that's probably a great link for, to, to move over to the Newcastle game. Are we all over it? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. What, what do you mean? Oh, well, over it, I, I don't know. Just, I completely misunderstood that. I meant all over it what? Was, I, was, I was slightly depressed, actually, after watching the Newcastle game. Because um, there was this realisation that we haven't got any better with the transfers. This is a game I said, when we lost against Man United, I said, doesn't mean anything. We're always going to lose. The real the real thing starts at Southampton. And then I said after Southampton, oh, well, that didn't really matter because Anatovic got sent off. Uh, we made a comeback and we were unlucky to lose 3-2. We should have drawn it. And if Anatovic had been um, on the pitch, I think we would have won it. And then we have a performance against the Magpies like that, where this is a this is a team, you know, let's go back to um, Southampton. Southampton hadn't scored at home for 11 hours, and yet they score against us twice in the first half. Newcastle, Rafa Benitez was the favourite or the second favourite for the sack before that game. The talk was he was going to get the chop. They hadn't scored a point. They They, they couldn't score goals. And then they play West Ham. Everyone seems to raise their, their game against West Ham. Is that, um, do, do you uh, honestly believe that, Sean? You believe that other teams raise their game against us? It's no, not just, well, no, not just, I just that think teams can score against us at will. Well, I just think we fall to pieces. If, 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 what, if, if there is a stat out there, like they haven't scored for 11 hours, then you know that they're going to score against West Ham. But it that's everywhere. You look, you look all over social media, there's... There's memes and things about, you know, haven't scored, haven't done this, here comes welcome West Ham, let's just sort you out. It's become a, we've become a joke, haven't we? And this just seems to be the way, that it all does fall that way, but I don't it's, think we've it's become, a fact. I think oh, we are. Okay. All right, we are a joke. Well, that's, that's, I want to hear from each of you. So, John, let's start with you again. What, what, I, I'm not going to ask you for positives because there were none. What, what went wrong? Well, I don't know. We just we we had nothing about us again. It was, or well, say again, we we had something about us against Southampton. We we battled and then still caved in at the end. But it is it's it's just you know, Sabaletto wasn't very good. Um, you know, Rice made a mistake, but did did he was it down to him? It wasn't down to him, was it? He looked pretty assured throughout the game. We can't score. We've got. You know, there's not a lot going on up front. We just we just look the same old, same old, don't we? But I'm going to ask and, each of you this question. Was Slavin Bilic right to take Rice off? It, it, you know, that, that could destroy people's confidence, well, especially at 18. Did he take him off because of that? Or did he take him off as a tactical change to bring Lanzini into the game? I mean, but then Lanzini came into the game and gave the ball away and they scored from that, didn't they? So, you know, you, you'll never know the reason particularly why did he... Did he do that because of the mistake? I doubt it, to be honest, because, you know, it was, that mistake was made, but we still had opportunities to stop it, didn't we? It's just... Well, we're here to speculate and we're here to have different opinions on it. Um, and and a lot of people are saying, you know, you may have destroyed this young boy's confidence. I don't... I don't... Well, I, I mean, I'd like to think not. I'd like to think that's not the case, but... You know, it's the least of our concerns, isn't it? You know, our concerns are is that we came up against a newly promoted team who hadn't scored for however long and got beat by three and we looked like the team that had just been promoted and we looked like the team that 
going to struggle, don't we? So that's the, it's not so much the what happened, it's just the way it happened, the performance that was out there, there was nothing was there, there was nothing about it. Nigel, a follow-up from you on the analysis of the game? <sighs> I, I don't think... Yeah. I don't... I don't he's brought Rice on. Now, Lanzini weren't fit to start the game, or he yeah. wasn't ready. Yeah, he's coming back from injury, so it's good to give him 45 minutes. So if you're going to take a midfielder off, everybody's going to bang on about no ball, blah, 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 blah. I don't think he was wrong to take Rice off to put Lanzini on. I don't think it will destroy his confidence. The kid's only 18. He's he's already just played two games on the spin. He's good enough to start. You, you still got to take him and, and look after him. You know, Ferguson with Giggs never threw Giggs in game after game after game. Um, and he was probably the best teenager of his generation. So he does have to be looked after. Perhaps Billich saw the writing on the wall. I don't know. You know, but then Lanzini comes on and did what he did, gave the ball away over on the left-hand side. So um, so where where did it go wrong? If you were manager for the day, Nigel, right? I know you're a know-it-all, so in football terms. Um, where What would you have done differently? It's hard to say, isn't it? Because I'm not in charge of those players every game. Well, I'm making or, you in or charge. Or every day. It's one game. I'm making you in charge. You're manager for one game, Nigel. Then I, I would probably have picked the same team that Billich picked. i tell you, and I'll tell a lie I wouldn't have done. I, I'm an old dinosaur, and I still believe 4-4-2 is a great formation with the players that we've got. I think Chikorito plays better off of a, off a good striker. Me, I'd have had Sacco up front. I'd, I'll, not IU, you know, IU's, we, we've got rid of a lot of the dead wood that we bought last season, and yet IU for me is hanging around like a bad smell. Um, I just, I don't see what he brings to the team. I think I think he's given IU that chance because he spent a lot of last year injured, didn't he? Yes, I mean, he so got, I uh, perhaps I'm being a bit harsh on IU, he did, he did weigh in with some goals last season, I think he got five uh, in, a, in about, I don't know, I think he made 20 games he played, so not bad. He's not an out-and-out striker, and and that's the problem we've got. If you look at Chikorito, uh, two goals against Southampton came from rebounds off the keeper. He nearly scored against Newcastle, rebound off the keeper. So he needs someone there that can do something different, make the keeper save, and he is the best probably in the Premier League, in the six-yard box for nipping in front and putting in the rebound. So you've got to play to his strengths because at the end of the day, football's all about goals and he's the best person we're going to get a goal. How does he play best? Someone next to him. Sacco or Carroll. Whoever's fit, put him in next to him. They can job share. Easy done. Yeah, I'll take a, a positive, Sean, just quickly. Yeah. Oh, and, God, a positive from and, John. And hang on, hang on, hang on. Wait, wait. Go on. Antonio again. Antonio again. When he gets up and running fully fit, he's going to be real a benefit again to the team, I tell you. Thank you. There you go. There you go. A positive comment from John. George, you've been patiently waiting. Um, 
what 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 is it do, would you do anything different you know can we blame billich to say you know that let's bring in the snodgrass stuff as well so snodgrass has gone to villa and he's come out and said i've been played out of position you know he obviously wasn't very happy there's a there's a tradition of people being played out of position playing a certain way the wi- the wings not working as well it's it it's all building up isn't it to say there's something, and I, I said this on the first episode, and you went, oh, and I said, there's something deeper. You know, what Chikorito, I felt a bit sorry for him. He, he, he seems to be, you know, he's a decent player, but he wasn't getting the service on um, on Saturday. Where, where do you go with this, George? Well, no, I think I agree with Nigel. You've got to play someone with Chikorito. Um, I think I said it last week as well, you know, he, when he scored, his second goal and he looked at his best was when he had Saka up against next to him so I think he needs someone next to him and I think changes maybe do need to be made in terms of Bilic it might it's looking like more and more that it is his his uh, what's the word I'm looking for not arrogance but he's just arrogant in a way that he won't make the change that we all think he needs to make and he keeps playing players like AU who are just not performing yeah. Well, let me just do a stat attack quickly. West Ham actually, even though away from home, had 63% of the possession. Magpies only had 37, that means. West Ham had a lowly eight shots, only three of them on target, while the barcodes had 17 shots, eight on target, and there tells the story. They they were much more active, and I, I've got nothing more to add that I added in the beginning, you know. Um I, I thought, and the only thing I'm going to say about this game before we hear from the person himself, I thought it was a watershed moment for fans with with Slaven Bilic. You know, in, back in April this year, when we were losing games and there was lots of speculation it was going to be replaced by the board, something like 90% of the fans were with Slaven Bilic. We're going to talk about a poll in, in a minute, but there has been a massive swing the other way where now the majority of fans don't believe he has the tactics and the experience to do the job that's what Nigel calls the flip-flop generation the flip-flop generation and with that let's hear from the man himself and say sure sure just sure with the gaffer as they say hello uh, yeah very difficult one they were better in every aspect of the game, they were uh, they had simply more power, more determination. The game until the first goal was like even you had some set pieces from them, set pieces for us, but they were they, they were better on the second balls and they were better in transition that we knew before that it's going to be the way they're going to play. And uh, after that goal, uh, we we started well when we done some changes in the second half. We looked like a team that maybe is going to equalise and all that. But then again, we made a big mistake before, like before the first goal, again before the second goal. And uh, but they forced us with those, with those, with those pressing because we we didn't give the ball away out of the blue, out of nothing. They were on top of our player who was with the ball. And uh, because they, they were 
they were more more powerful than us in that in that part of the game and after that part of the game you have you have a good transition from them and then brings you in a position where you can show your quality and they showed it the three guys up front or four guys up front they showed that pace and uh, good quality when they were one against one on a big pitch how worried are you by yourself this season? I'm worried, you know, I'm not panicking, but uh, it's very early, yeah, but, but uh, like uh, after the game, after the game against Southampton, we lost the game, we still had zero points and all that, but I was very, very positive with the way we play, with the way we react and all that after we won, uh, after we were left with 10 men. This, this is... This is different, this is worrying, but uh, like for every club, it has its ups and downs and nobody nobody will will take us out of this situation but ourselves. Do you, do you wish you'd had a good game? Sorry? Do you wish you'd had a good game inside the first three? Of course now I wished uh, <laughs> after after three defeats, but we can't we can't put it all uh, put it all down to the fact that because of athletic championships we had three away games. No, no, no. How, how concerning are the individual mistakes giving the ball away? Like it is, yeah, it is, it is, uh, it is worrying, it is concerning, but, but uh, it doesn't have to be that every time we make a mistake it has to be a goal. No, still, you can make it up for the mistakes. Still, we we can defend. Uh, we can defend better. But transition was not good. Also, okay, those kind of mistakes before the first one. Uh, I mean, it's not Declan Rice. I mean, he's been terrific and he's got a great future for the club. He's he's going to be a great player. But uh, we made a couple of those mistakes, and it is, of course, it is worrying when they score out of from the situation that they shouldn't be uh, be in. At the first place. I know it didn't affect the result, but there's a suggestion of elbow Mitrovic on one team. Did you see Well, I didn't see it. Nobody see it because it was after. I don't know. He gave the ball. What did you think of that, then, John? Sean, I'm not even going to listen to it. I don't, I don't want to listen to it then, and I'm not going to listen to it now. It's too depressing. Yeah, it's just too. Yeah, well, he, he, I mean, I'll paraphrase. He said that they were better in every way. You know, he didn't try and he, he laughed nervously a few bits, but he just basically said, "Well, they were better in every single, in every single department." What, as in Newcastle? Oh, were? Yeah, net, Newcastle were. Yeah. Oh. He's run out of excuses. Well, what was the guy who scored? Has he scored their third goal? He should have gone off, shouldn't he? He, got he should have. He elbowed. Yeah, he elbowed Lanzini, didn't he? Pretty much the similar thing that Anatovic did. So yeah, but what, we what come on, go wrong. It goes against us, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You you can take that away, even with ten men, right? I still don't think we could have beat them on Saturday. No, it was it no, was war- it was a warning performance in that in that sense because I think even like you say, even with ten men, we didn't look like we were gonna score a goal, let alone beat them. So yeah, that's what that's what's really concerning. I mean, it it's. I think John, you said it earlier. It's not what happened; it's how it happened, and it's the fact that Newcastle are the newly promoted team, and they go against us, who are supposed to be a sort of we're there, we're in the Premier League, we have been for a few seasons now, and we're supposed to be the ones that couldn't put in performances better than that, not the other way around. 
And yeah, and here we are with our, you know, our Zabaletas and our Joe Hearts and our Hernandez is in the team. You know, everyone sort of saying what great business and things, but maybe it's not so great business. Well, let's let's move on because, um, as I said, I've just come back from Spain. As I got off the plane, um, I've been a bit out of touch in my normal blogging uh, sphere with Clarence and Hugh. So I gave uh, Hugh Southern a call and said, what's been going on, Huey? And so I recorded um, a 15-minute interview just before we, we went live today. Um, and this is what he had to say. And we welcome back to more than just a podcast. Is my partner in crime, or I'm his partner in crime, on Clarence Hugh. It's Hugh Sutton, or Huey, as he likes to be called. Absolutely. <laughs> I've just got off a plane, haven't I, Huey? And I said, I know, I've been missing out on the news for the last week. So for me and our listeners, um, I want an update. What's, what's, what's the latest with Slavon Bilic? Um, what's the latest with Cavallio? What, what can you tell us, Huey? Well, I think you've probably picked the right week to be away, Sean. Um, I don't know whether you managed to see the weekend game, but it was utterly horrendous, totally horrendous. And, of course, the fallout from it has not surprisingly been pretty dramatic. Um, as I understand things at the moment, um, Slaven has been given about four games, could be as few as three, uh, to turn this thing round. But honestly, mate, where where you start, I honestly don't know. I just don't know where you start. It was it was as bad a performance as anyone can describe, and I don't really want to describe it. It was horrible. It was absolutely horrible. I don't know whether I was more disappointed or more bored. It was just awful, mate. Dreadful. So we did a Clarence Hugh poll um, and uh, over 3,200 voting. And I'm just having a look at the latest stats. Mm, I don't think they've changed. Mm, no. Six, uh, 73.99. So 74%, 2,400, one in gone. Um, yep. Only 560, which is just over 17%, want yep. to keep him. And just under 9%, 8.79%, 286, want him to stay. Right. Pretty damning. Uh, if you remember last time when there was speculation back in April, um, I think it was a reverse. In fact, I think it was as many as 90% wanted it to keep him. Um, massive change of fortunes uh, for the Croatian. Yeah, I mean, and at the outset, of course, if you recall, I mean, I mean I'm, let, let's not try and pretend that uh, Claret and Hugh polls are significantly significant um, they they give they, they give but I do think they provide a regular view but I mean if you recall when we were having polls as to who was to replace Big Sam um, he was as big a favourite then as he is uh, wanted out now I think it was about the same sort of percentage with mm. Rafa Benitez in second place so you have to ask the question <laughs> what do we know you know um I just think people can see. I mean, I, I, you don't have to be a football expert to see that you cannot have two fullbacks hugging the touchline, which is what happened on Saturday, creating big holes in behind. But Sean, I'm going to say this because I want to get it off the chest, and I've written as much in one of the fans' magazines this month. I was always, and I've always been, a slave and man. But something happened on Saturday afternoon, which... 
Oh, I don't know. I, I found it absolutely unforgivable, if I'm honest with you, because I personally think that Declan, Declan Rice, as you know, we've spoken about it privately, is one of the finest young footballers to come through the academy, possibly in Britain, in recent years. Um, he made one error. It led to a goal. And when you look back at it, you wonder where his midfield support was. He was left alone. And the result was, on an afternoon when everybody was performing really seriously badly, Slaven Bilic chose to pull him off mm -hmm. at half-time. Now, I'm sorry, but how far has that set back, set back a teenager? We've all done 18 years of old. We all, age, we all know how impressionable we are at that age and how we can suffer setbacks. And I just thought it was a cruel and, if, if you like, dishonest thing to do because the rest of the team were performing just as poorly. Yeah. So, I mean, I watched it as well. No what more, we Mr. Know, no more than Mr. Nice Guy for me on that one, but go on, sorry. Yeah. So, so away from the opinion, what do we know? Obviously, like from Spain, I saw the Sky News footage of, of uh, David Sullivan arriving in his roller and Slav arriving before that. I think the West Ham ladies match was being played on, on Sunday. What do we know? What do the Clarence Hughes senior sources say? What went on on that meeting and what really is going to happen? Is he a dead man walking or has he really got a chance to save himself? Um, he's got a chance to save himself, I suppose. Um, I, I guess, you know, that if we come out against Huddersfield and we win reasonably okay, then suddenly everything starts changing and the majority against starts reducing. Um, I, I, I think there is a very, very depressed feeling, Sean, in the boardroom. There's no two ways about that. And I I personally feel that he was never really, truly the first choice there. Um, I don't think that anybody would be surprised if he was gone within the next three or four games. Uh, I mean, I don't so want to... What has he got to do? That's an in, you, know, you said that he's, he's got, got to start winning games, Sean. He's got to start winning games. Well, what, what do you think the bar is? You know, if he wins Huddersfield but loses three more, does he need to lose win two games, three games? What? what, what? Who knows? I mean, who knows? I mean, at the moment, we've lost three games on the trot. We yeah. lost against the Newcastle team which wasn't of great quality. They were willing and they ran, uh, but we looked so disorganised, Sean. We were still playing people out of position. Um, and, and I guess if you're asking me that sort of question, I would say that a minimum requirement from the next three games would be four points. I mean, that's the first thing that comes into my mind, but I don't know. Yeah. I do know that they're very depressed. Uh, yeah. And there wouldn't have been critical Sunday afternoon meetings, if that's what you want to call them, yeah. um, unless there was something fairly critical going on. Um, well, that, I can't, move, I can't, I can't. Just for, the, for time, let's move on to, do you think they've got anyone lined up? What would be, what is their plan B? If, let's no, say Slav wakes no, up tomorrow and he falls on his sword and says, do you know what, I'm an honourable man, this isn't working, I'm going to walk. What, 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 where do they go? Well, where they go, I mean, the problem again, you see, is that they've got a manager who has appointed his own backroom staff. There is no natural successor um, because he would take them all with him, if that's the way you want to put it. They would go with him, let's put it that way. Um, so what are you left with? Your options are very limited. You can't go out and say, Rafa, leave Newcastle now uh, and watch that happen. You can't actually do that with any manager that's employed. You would either have to go for somebody who is unemployed 
I have to say this, Sean, but it could be David Moyes, couldn't it? He was the mm-hmm. first favourite for the job. Or, or you possibly. turn... Pardon? Possibly. Possibly. Yep. Um, but that could be a short-term appointment. Or you turn to Terry Wesley, because there's nobody else available. And I don't mean that disrespectfully to Terry. There is nobody else available. Uh, and you say, look after it for three or four weeks whilst we find a caretaker manager until the end of the year. That it could have been, couldn't it, Claudio Ranieri. But he's cleared off to Nantes. He was um, appointed by them in June. So you've got the likes of Moyes. I don't know whether McLaren's employed. Um, but oh, you've even got good sitting, but he's 71, bless him. Um, so, uh, I, you know... I don't, Sean, I'm going to be honest, I don't think there's a plan. I don't think there's a plan. I don't think there's ever been much of a plan, to be honest with you. I mean, I think when we appointed Slavin, it was more in hope than judgment, if I'm honest, because there was nobody else around at the time. Where they go from here, options are very limited, mate, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Well, let's move on to transfer news, because we're coming up to the end of the transfer. Obviously, Carvalho seems to have gone tipped up while I've been away. Um, And I know you ran an exclusive while I'm away, that really we've, we've drawn a line in the sand now. What, what can you tell us about that? Do you, do you see they're going to do a U-turn? Do you well, I know you've only just got off the plane, but I did a little update earlier, uh, which was basically that they will not... There's, there's £5 million between them. It's where it was when I wrote the initial story that uh, we're £5 million away from them. We are not going to up the money. Uh, it will have to be a Sporting Lisbon U-turn. In the meantime, there has been a story circulating today that Monaco are interested because his former manager or coach, whose name escapes me, sorry, uh, is there at the moment and he fancies him. Now, it seems to me a very convenient story at a very convenient time and it sounds to me as though it's been planted by agents in the hope that West Ham may hurry it up, but they're not going to. They're just not going to. And look, to be honest, given Slavin's situation, are they going to go to 43 million to back a manager who's standing on the brink? I don't. I, I wouldn't have thought so. Would you? No. That that is one of my my points. Is you know, if if Amgar Thompson's in him, why are they going to invest any more? Um, because you know it's not quite working out. I think we all have belief in Chikorito. Um, but Zabaleta has had some some dodgy moments, and you know, with the likes of Son, Snodgrass gone. Um, I mean, I did hear a rumour, and I, this is another question that Palace were interested in Son for eight million. Uh, it's just something I picked on social media. Any truth in that? As far as um, you know? yeah, we ran that story. I can see something in that because I did have it confirmed by a senior source. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, earlier in the week, that they had indeed been interested in, in, in uh, Adrian, uh, but that's all gone. So Palace and ourselves do have a link. And some lovely guy on um, on social media said, uh, how about doing a swap with James Tompkins, which works for me, I have to say. Um, I, I think there's probably something in that. He, hello? Yeah, yeah, I'm here. Yeah, sorry. He, he used to be at Palace, of course. Um, and, you know, with De Boer having had uh, three defeats on the trot, and I think not a goal scored, um, 
that's got some, that's got the ring of truth about it. I've not asked anybody. I'm just letting that one run because there's no point. We should know by Thursday anyway. But it, it makes a bit of sense. It certainly makes a bit of sense. Well, we've got two more days of the trans. So you know, it's, it's we're recording this on Wednesday the 29th. Obviously, transfer window is Thursday the 31st. Slam shut. Um, what do you think? I mean, I know this is speculation. Any more business to be done in the next two days, inbound or outbound? Um, possibly outbound. Not not sure where. I can't honestly, Sean. I can't honestly see anything happening given the manager's position. I mean, I guess it's possible. I think we've got one loan to fill, haven't we? Yeah. I think we've got two in at the moment. I guess something could happen there, but I've not been told. I, I unless Lisbon. See, the other problem with Cavalia is that I'm being told by a lot of people, I must be honest, I don't know his name all that well. You know, I know of him and I've seen him play once or twice, but how good or bad he is, I don't know. But a lot of very good judges um, have claimed to me that he's too slow for the Premiership, that he just hasn't got the pace. And I think his own manager has said that, you know, it it comes a culture shock if he does go to West Ham. Um, So... Are we going to buy anything else? On, are we going to buy anybody else under Swaven? Mm, How about the Valencia's um, central defender? I know that that there was a the rumour. What the Tunisian? Yeah, the Tunisian guy, um, whose name is almost as unpronounceable as Anatovic when I first started trying to resist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Adenour. Yeah, yeah. Anatovic, wasn't it? Adenour, yeah. Oh, no, 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 I'm a Tovic. I love it. That's all yeah, I got it right with Anatovic, didn't I? Yeah. Um, no, I think that's just one of those silly rumours that's been again probably planted by an agent or made up um, as a result of the Cavalio situation. Yeah. You know, it works on, you know, agents last few days of the winter, they're chucking names around and, you know, um, no, I mean, I'm, no, I'm, the I'm only sure. thing to say is... And, I, mean, I, I, know, I, have to, I have to agree with all the guys on social media who have said, Cavalio, no, Chris Smalling. That's what we need. We need yeah. a central defender. You know, when surely, Sean, you know, this... I, I was about to say it ain't rocket science, but I mean, that's such a cliche. But honest to God, I mean, when you've shipped 10 goals in three games, that doesn't the penny kind of start to go clunk that we might just need another defender. Yeah. Not somebody to protect them because at the moment none of them are performing particularly well anyway and it's one of them that needs replacing. I mean, had Chris Smalling truly been available, I don't know why we didn't go for him. Yeah. Well, you, I was about to say, never say never with David Sullivan because he likes a last minute bargain and if yeah. one comes up on transfer deadline day, uh, little plug for Karen Hugh, keep tuned this week for anything that comes up in the last 24 hours because it's usually a crazy day. We'll be linked with, I'm sure, with everybody in and out. I'm sure the Lanzini stories will surface and then disappear um, as as um, Jim White on, on Sky Sports tries to make a bit of an entertainment of, of, of the final day and um, the crazy season will be over um, come Thursday. And then... Yeah. Um, We've got an international I, 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 break, haven't we? And, and, and then back to normality for Huddersfield. Must be frank, Sean, before we, before we finish this. I've got to say that, and I don't want to be depressing to anybody out there, and I, I, we're depressed enough as it stands, but I do actually believe that our problems go far deeper than another signing. You know, I mean, they're, they're a team of individuals. They're not passing the ball properly. 
They're being dispossessed in midfield. Um, they're not creating chances. I feel so sorry for Chikorito. I mean, there is nothing going out of midfield to him whatsoever. High balls from the back. You know, and, and I'm going, well, we haven't got a striker up there uh, uh, of the nature to thrive off high balls anyway, and are we going back to the sand days? I mean, it doesn't look to me um, as though we're getting anything out of uh, Chikorito at the moment. And he's yeah. played games on the left wing. And you're going, what? Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Yeah. It's, it's not looking too good. Um, 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 we love to be depressed as West Ham fans. Um, I'm just going to push you uh, for the last question. Mm. A prediction for Huddersfield, our first home game, uh, back in the London Stadium after the international break. Um, I want a scoreline to push you on a prediction on, on what you think that will happen there. On form, or what my heart's saying, I'll give you the two if you like. Yeah, give me two. My heart is saying 1-1. My head is saying on the basis of what I've seen from West Ham and the way Huddersfield has started, sorry mate, another defeat. Unless, Unless he can just work some sort of miracle, but we have heard it so many times before. Oh, we will get the cohesion. We will sit down as a squad. We will sort this out. I will get into the lads. They're great on the training pitch. You know, the, the, the words are beginning to just have no real meaning for me to the point where I have to say, surely, since you've been away, yeah. I have been taking the wee wee a little bit out of some of the quotes that have been coming out on the website. Um, yeah. Because I just find it silly, and I've perhaps been around too long to listen to this nonsense. Yeah. You know, they've got to start performing, Sean. They've just got to. We're not, they've just got to start performing. And you look at the Nautovic, and you go, £24 million for a guy who joined us for £2 million, uh, came into British football for £2 million, uh, red-carded in his second game, 
Um, and yet, Slavin tells him this is a man who was uh, scouted for months and months and months. Well, yeah. didn't we understand what kind of personality this boy had? But anyway, we can go on all night, and uh, I don't really want to. So <laughs> I'm getting dep- I'm, I'm depressing myself now, mate. So anyway, Huey, good to hear your voice. Thank Great you to hear yours again, you. mate. Back from Spain. And, uh, yeah, and uh, I'm sure we'll be having our editorial meeting uh, tomorrow morning to discuss uh, all the latest news on Clarence Hugh. You can tune in www.clarencehugh.info. Cheers, Huey. Yeah. Cheers, Bye. buddy. Take care. Bye. So there you go. I'm not going to say what you think of that, John, because I know you haven't heard it. Yeah, no, but I'm going to ask you the same questions. You know, Slaven Bilic, Cavallio, Font. Uh, and the Snodgrass angle. Um, wh- where do you where do you sit on the, you know? And I'm gonna f- I'm gonna phrase these questions to begin with. So Slaven Bilic, um, you know, has got four or five games left. Is is the word on the street uh, around the industry to save his uh, skin? Um, the um, font is wanted by by Palace. Um, should we? Should is that we true? Let him go? Well, there seems to be some truth in it. Yeah, senior sources have confirmed that there, there's been an inquiry, not a bid as yet. Off. Yeah, I knew you were going to say that. Um, and Cavallio, you know, are we right to draw the... You know, you heard what David Gold said last week, which is, you know, people will always say, pay him what he wants, pay him what he wants. But we're £5 million apart, as, as, as Hugh just said on, on there. Should we go that extra mile? When he's not match fit, the manager's... Job is in doubt, and this is a one, and again a manager pick. I know I'd like to hear your view, John, on 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 those three things. Where do you stand with Slaven Bilic to begin with? I think I think we just got to give give him the season. Be honest with you, I don't see any reason why to change it now. You know they backed him with these players. They should back him with Carvalho, and they should give him the season. Obviously, if it's all falling apart rapidly by Christmas, then look at it again. But you know, I've all this heard. Talk, I'll just update well, you. All, all this talk of is undermining again, isn't it? it? Undermines and it doesn't do anything to help. I, I don't know when he will get the sack or will he, wherever he will get the sack. Um, all I will tell you is I have been told he will not be offered a new contract. Well, I mean, then, then if they are concerned about it, or you know, they, again, they should have done something over the summer. They should have had a backup ready to go. If it, well, this scenario was to happen, they're not happy with him. They should be have the courage of their own convictions, sack him and get someone else in, shouldn't they? Instead of this speculation, again, it undermines, it doesn't yeah. help anything. I won't but disagree. That's, that's that. Font, if if someone wants font, I'd let them have him all day long. And Carvalho, to say that he's not match fit and that, that's just, I think that's just a bit of nonsense, really. I would right. just well, should you know, we go the extra five million then? Your well, if money. They, if they, I mean, I don't know what's our net spend, Sean. Was it something like ten or twelve million? Net spend mil? is about thirteen million. So you know, it's not. You know, if you're going to spend another thirty, or that I've, I've heard on the Talk Sport the other day that they were um, uh, quibbling over the fact they want twenty mil up front, and we want we weren't willing to do that. So what is there, the, what is there? Is it? some of that element? There yeah. Is some so of that element. what is the element? What is the breakdown of the deal? Is he that? Is he that? You know, he they want it over two years. They want they want twenty million up front, and the and the rest of it in two thousand and eighteen. Sullivan likes to do deals over three or four years. 
in instalments. He doesn't want to put so much up front, but there's still a £5 million um, difference in the valuation. But, you know, all these big clubs have come in for him and, and, and said no in the end, and there must well, be a reason for I read that. today that Monaco are in for him, so if that's the case... Yeah, we talked about that with with Hugh earlier about exactly. Monaco. Whether that's true or not, who knows? But I mean, he could. I mean, he could be. Talk. He could be our Kante, couldn't he? He could be the one who screens the back, the back, like the back line, and improves the whole thing. You don't know, so he could be that integral. But yeah. for five mil, do they want to do it? I don't know. It's down to them, isn't it? Yeah. Well, let's move on to Nigel because I know he's still a Slav lover and and uh, doesn't agree in all this undermining of, of Slav. No, I don't. Uh, Stick with your manager well, is what you would say, wouldn't it? Yes, that 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 is that is what I would say. I mean, all this, oh, I've been told he ain't going to give a contract. I mean, the fact that someone's told you that, for me, is disgraceful. I'm sorry. What Bilic, what must he feel? The constant undermining that goes on. And they've done it to every manager. And, and and this is what I don't understand. People think, let's say we do get rid of Billich. Where are we going to attract a top-class manager that's going to work with those three? Bearing in mind everything that goes on in the background. I can't see a manager coming in during the season if we're bottom of the table. Even though, I suppose, that's how managers work, isn't it? They oh, all think they can, they can do better. We talked about the only ones available are people like Pardew, as long as we lock up. A lot of the pretty ladies, and um, and Moyes. There you go, isn't it? Winners. It's, 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 well, <laughs> winner, winner, yeah. chicken dinner. It's, it's just uh, if the the only thing I will say is, well, yes, I will back Billich to the end. I think if he loses against Huddersfield, then it will be too much. I think the yeah, it'd be untenable, wouldn't it? It I will agree. be. Well, and, I was going to say, how many games? He's lost three Premier League games. There's, he's lost three away games. Goal. Hold up, hold up. Well, now oh, let me on a Hold up, Go no, because I'll tell you, yeah, how many times have we lost away to, to Newcastle, to Man United and Southampton in the same season? I bet it's a few times. Well, they're on the, t- on, on the, you know, on the um, coverage of Newcastle, they, they said we haven't won at Newcastle for God knows how many years and all this sort we've of stuff. We've won there recently. We've won, tw- tw- or we've won three times in the last 20 years at Newcastle. Man United, I think, is roughly the same record. And Southampton, it's a bit infrequent. Sometimes we win, sometimes we lose. But if you look back to Billich's first season, which was a great success, seventh spot, we took one point out of those three away games. One point. So, so, so that's my point, though. All right, we've had three away games, granted. Okay, you know, I would say that the Southampton were there for the taking. Newcastle, we should have been there for the taking. If we lose against Huddersfield or get a point against Huddersfield and lose or get a point against West Brom, that's a really that's that's one of the worst starts we've had in a long time and I think I said the last time we lost three games in a run we got relegated in 2010 yeah but they weren't all away as I said they weren't uh, all away but so, do, you, do you see the the away form and go and the way we're playing at the moment and, and just think we're going to play at the London Stadium and that wonderful stadium you love so much and things are going to change for us well, <laughs> back at you, Nigel, no, because yeah. you always say it's like playing away when we play at the London <laughs> Stadium. Is, so every is, game's away. 
Yes, yes. If we was at the bowling, I think it'd be different at the London Stadium. Ah. Maybe it is. I don't, I don't know. It's it's a tough one because Huddersfield, people worried now because we all thought they were shooing to go down probably with Brighton or the two teams that come or the three teams that come up. Now we're looking, Huddersfield took seven points uh, a nine. Yeah. And, it, uh, and the problem is that's cranked up the pressure. So it's all the pressure. And this is where we'll see how, how good Billich is. If he can take the pressure and if we can come out with a win. If he loses, I, I would not vote sack him, but I can see it happening. And All right, let me ask you one last question before we move to George. Would you back him to the end of the season, even if it means relegation? Um, I'm 50-50. Oh, good I question, would say, well, I'll tell you what I'd say. I would give him till the middle of December because the transfer window's the key. You can buy yourself out of it. You can. You can buy yourself out of trouble in January. So I would give him probably till the end of November and see where we are then. George, if he only takes view? one point in the next four games, he's a goner. That's okay. it. So you, you're back. it's not unconditional love, Nigel, just to make this clear. There are strings attached with your love for Billich. No, my love for Billich stays, but I can understand that if, if he does this, he's a goner. Because people like you and all the other people will put so much pressure on the owners that they will be forced to act. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> that, will, that will be our title. Uh, George. Yes. So, have you got any? What's your view? You use, I know you use, like to sit sit on the fence, but you must have a view on this. But the village should he go? Has he has he run out of ideas? Well, honestly, I, I mean, I really like Slavin Bilic. I like him as a person, and I liked what he's done over the last two years. But it's a frustrating time to be a West Ham fan more than more than usual. I'd say um, it. I feel like he we do need a change. Um, I think we've all been patient with him. I think how many games... I think going into last season, we've only had something like five wins in 20 or games, or there's a stat like that. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Five, five wins in 24 games. So, that, I mean, that's just not good enough, is it? It's just not. No. And I mean, as I said, I really like the bloke and I really always wanted him to be a success at West Ham. And in the years before he came to us, it, he was always the option that we always said, why not get him in? Give him a go. So I always wanted him to do well, but I mean, five five wins in twenty four games in the Premier League is just not it's not keeping your job form, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, look, we would always agree he's a great, he's a passionate guy, uh, he's West Ham. You know, it, you can see he 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 feels it, his emotion to the game, but I just think he's been found out. This whole tactics, playing people out of position. It just hasn't got, and I've supported him for a long time, but I just, I, I don't think he can take us to the next level, whatever that next level would be. And I'm going to criticise yeah, the board now. Surprisingly or not, I'm going to criticise the board. I think they're being too indecisive. I don't want him to give it. What's going to change in four or five games, you know? All I see is, oh, well, we get a point here, we get a point there, and and it just drags on and drags on. If they're going to be decisive, right? And they think it's Huddersfield and they should make a decision. If he loses Huddersfield, 
or we just don't turn up and we get a draw, nil-nil draw. I think you should say, no, nah, enough's enough. That's, 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 I don't want four or five games at the end of September. I just think is, you know, be decisive, bald. Make your decision and stick to it. My concern is it will just drag on and drag on because they're worried about compensation. They're worried about, oh, who will we bring in? Make a decision and stick to it and make it and and deal with the consequences. Yeah, well said, I agree. Sean. I agree. They Talking don't, they don't like giving compensation, do they? They gave compensation to Cheltenham, but they wouldn't give it no, to the travelling fans. I saw that as a WISA <laughs> member. <laughs> they, they refused to yeah, well, uh, refuse yeah, to give uh, any compensation to the West Ham travelling fans who had to travel which was a really well, nice touch they really well, know how to bond with their fan base don't they well they, you set a precedent everybody knew it was going to be a way to begin with no 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 no, no 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 go on <laughs> that, that's not right is it the, yeah they did the, when did before they bought I, the tickets before they bought the tickets to Cheltenham they knew it was going to be away. So don't say, don't try and dress it up as something else. It's not dressing it up as something else. Hold up. We got drawn at home. We now had to play away. So the 900 fans that went had to pay to go more money, possibly, unless they lived in Cheltenham or around there. They had to pay more money to go and see that game than they should have done. Therefore, the club should have offered them some type of softener. Buy them a pie and a pint. Clubs have done that before. I know, something. but this was a this was they knew this before they bought it. It wasn't a change uh, afterwards. Hold up, and but this said, is I think something the club should do, Sean. Is this is rubbish that that, that that they've given compensation to Cheltenham. Well, Cheltenham knew if the draw was made, they'd have to play the game at home. But because they were out of pocket, they get they get money. So the away fans that have now travelled are out of pocket because they should have watched it in Stratford. So therefore, why not do that? It, it shows the it shows the mark. Buy I'm the sorry, ticket. the people Just running buy the, the ticket. Club. It shows Is the this, mark of the people running the club. They'd rather give money I'm to a, Cheltenham fans than West Ham fans. Well, they they didn't anyway. And oh. You know the compensation. I I think Wissa, I'm a member of Wissa and I support Wissa, but I think they should choose their battles. And, and trying to write to the club and doing a cheap PR stunt afterwards. Hold and up, hold up. This ain't no cheap PR stunt. This is what proper fans want to deal with, Sean. People that go to the game, that have gone and travelled to the game. This is what this is there for, to speak. On How, all right, let and me ask you a mind, question. Let's have a look at this. The club ignored it at first, and they rung up the chairman of Wissa an hour or yeah. two hours before kickoff. That's disrespectful yeah. to Wissa for a start. Right. And that's let the way they treat Let me ask you a question. Us. I'm going to ask you one honest question about this, right? How many WISA members wrote to the committee to complain about the travelling costs of the away games? That's got nothing to do in with it, Sean, because we're, we're here to represent as many fans as <laughs> I'm possible. just answering a question. No, well, I'm, I'll many... tell you what, I'm going to behave like a politician now, and I'll say we are here to represent all West Ham fans, whether they're WISA members or not. Obviously, the more people are elected, join WISA, the better. Yeah, the board. The board are elected to represent us, so we don't argue in every case. They they're there to represent us as they see fit now, because they've all been voted in. And I have no problem with that. What I just say is they've got to pick their back tools with the club. And hey, um, in this in this particular clay case, the away fact that we knew this was going to be a away game, it was switched, and therefore anyone who bought a ticket knew that they would have to travel to Cheltenham. And to say you need to be compensated. Now, if it was the other way around, if they bought tickets and then it was switched, 
I want to have more sympathy and say, yeah, actually, they should put on free uh, travel or give something. But I think you set a, a, a president when you say, well, okay, you there's know, no, where does no it stop? There's no there, president. There? Because apparently this is never going to happen again. So there's no president to be set. Yeah? It was simple. This was an unusual right, well, it will happen, because if we qualify for Europe, you know already. Oh, well, I sent you that. <laughs> well, I know that. I've always known that. If we qualify for Europa, it's always been the case. We will not be able to play Europa games first. I mean, group stages we will. But if we qualify for the early stage Europa, we will never be able to play at home. That's going we know well, that. It? So if we do that, we told we qualify that for the before first... we moved. Right. <clears throat> if we qualify <clears throat> for Europa... Do you want them to compensate the travel to your, to some European destination? Yes. Because you've already done it from Cheltenham. Really? Yes. Yes. Oh, no, 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 on, no, 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 Sean, you're wrong. It's all about the home game. Yeah, we got drawn at home to Cheltenham. So, therefore, when we play in Europe, we'll play the away. You know they'll do a deal. We'll play the away leg first. When it comes to the second leg, the home leg, if they can't play at Stratford, where are they going to play it? Well, they, they would have, it? again, they will have a dispensation. They play it. I don't know, Wembley or Lake right, Norwich. So, go Wembley. so Wembley's going to cost me more <laughs> money than get to. Let's, let's, anyway, let's, let's, let's go to the den. Let's uh, move on, Sean, because you're just. Yeah. yeah. Why did I All stop? Right, we we move on. Um, just to. Uh, so, yeah. I, I think if I'm getting it right, um, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing here, George, myself, and John are saying time's up. If he, if now or in the very near future, and Nigel, you're saying you want to give him to November. Oh, I said Christmas. You said Christmas, okay. But I do, I do think. I that think if he loses against Huddersfield, it, yeah, it's going to happen. I think it all comes down to to the next Monday night. Okay. Um, I don't know. It's it's probably time for this. For what? Facebook Twitter on, question time. I did, yeah, I did. Sorry, I I didn't have it loaded and I just realised so I had to quickly do that. But I'm sure it will be fine in the editing, won't it? No, I'm going to leave that in for comedy effect. Okay. So earlier, earlier, George, have you got Facebook in front of you? Uh, I do. Whose phone's ringing? Oh, that's mine. I'm sorry. Oh, shock. (laughs) Shock horror. It's the club ringing up the thanking for his (laughs) defence. <laughs> it's it's from his senior source, Sean. As uh, do you want me to read these out then? Yeah, please. Okay. So earlier on, more than just a podcast uh, Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash more than just a podcast. Uh, I said we're back recording today at five p.m. Where are we going wrong? Is Slav the only one to blame? Send in any questions or comments below, and we'll read them at five p.m. Uh, Paul Sanders says, honestly, who really cares? Who gives a monkeys if we're Champions League contenders or relegation fodders? I've been 
going to watch the games live for literally decades and not once have I actually believed by the 89, 89 minutes, 59 seconds at Cardiff that we'll do more than have a lucky win against a six, top six opposition. One day we might win something and believe me, I'll celebrate like crazy as we all will. But please, people, don't forget we are West Ham United and if you want to champion European football, I'm afraid you've signed up for the wrong club. Here, here. He was right there. And Nigel, Absolutely. Nigel, you come in saying spot on, Paul. I did. Uh, Mark Bright says, how Gold and Co can't see that the team aren't playing for Slav anymore is beyond me. Saturday was proof. On paper, we have a great team, but something stinks and reminds me of the fall of the special one when he got sacked. Their team was great, and look what happened, player power won. I fear for the Huddersfield game, and if we do lose that, surely Slav will be getting his marching orders. I think he will be. Uh, More than just a podcast commented, but it wasn't me, so Sean, I'm guessing it's you. Ask Nigel if it is true he begs Sean not to run a Clarence Hugh poll on Billet. Yeah, it was true. I did. I did beg him. Is Sean uh, is Sean there or is it has he gone quiet? He's on the phone. I'm, no, I'm still here. Oh, okay. I, I begged him because I think it undermined and they help undermine the manager. He will say it's for information purposes, but it it, it just it helps with the civil war between the fans. In my opinion. David White says, Billich has to go, enough is enough, but who would you guys replace him with? Yeah, Pardew or Pardew Moist. Pardew or Moist. <laughs> <laughs> well, Terry Wesley. It. There you go, exactly it. Terry Wesley, you reckon? Yeah. Okay, we'll see. Temporarily. We'll see. Uh, Gary Prince says, can you name a better manager than Slav that would happily come in and work with the current broad and bring success? No. I think we just sort of answered that one. He also says, question for new stadium-loving Sean. Do you think that the move forcing us to play four away games in a row has contributed to our early season problems? Well, I think I can answer that for you, Sean. You don't think it has, do you? No, well, I, I, I think that we've had our problems playing at home as well. And, of course, you know, playing four away games is is, is not ideal. All that travelling um, and everything it entails as well on, on the team. <laughs> But I don't think you can blame... I think all of us here say you can't just blame it. When you look at the shape of the team and you look at the performance, let's not kid ourselves that we're just going to turn into a, an amazing team when we play Huddersfield on Monday. No, we're not. But historically, we've not been a very good away team anyway, have we? We've historically well, we, we did on um, Billich's first season. Yeah, no, we yeah that was that one. But you know, under Redknapp and stuff, we barely ever won away, did we? Yeah, I know, but we won under Billich. So Billich got a bit of a giant killer reputation, um, you know, on away game. So, look, look, you, you can't deny it's it's been a factor and let's not overreact. But I still believe we're in trouble at home. Hey. Uh, Sergei Noviish says, well, same question after three games. Swap Billich for Pardew, anyone? Anyone? Any takers? No, not for me. No. Lock up your women. Nick Carvey says, has to be down to Slav. Midfield offer no protection to the defence and the defence look clueless. No creativity in possession. Lack of pressing when out of possession. Fitness levels questionable. Squad lacks balance. And despite signings to date, we're only one or two injuries away from another crisis. Board should have seen the signs last year and giving him another four games is only delaying the inevitable. 
You yeah. can say that about any manager, really. Delaying the inevitable, can't you? Yeah. Uh, Taffy Wallback, good name, says, we cannot get rid of Bilic. Three games away from at start of the season isn't good for anyone. One was against a team we expected to lose to. Another was a team that hadn't scored in a million years, but hey, that's the West Ham way. And the last was purely because we seemed to have set up as a counter-attacking side, but in reality, we should have gone at Newcastle straight from the off. And on Twitter, at more TGA podcast, we had David Yems, who says he shouldn't quit. The board should have the balls to sack him. His last chance for me is a win against Huddersfield. Then his patience is gone. I think a lot of people feel like that. And then Funky Coolers says the decision should have been taken for him. Rudderless, lethargic and spineless. I assume he's talking about the board there. So that's Facebook Twitter question time, Sean. Yeah, and um, I look. That's that's not undermine the manager any more than we've than you done, have than we have done already. Don't call which it I suppose <laughs> you're part of the institution now, Nigel. And and despite your your attack at me with your mock of the week, do you do you want to promote your mock of the week um, YouTube channel, Nigel? <laughs> um. It's just a bit of fun. Uh, I have a look around all week at the social media people um, on the internet, and then I poke fun at them in in the best way that I know how to, um, which is to mock them. Um, so there it Bully. is. Bully, yeah. <laughs> no, it's just the fun. Most of them take it in good. <laughs> Most of them take it well, to be fair. So uh, it's just to bring a bit of lightness, even though I must admit, it, at this, ep- this episode, episode five, you can find it on YouTube if you just look for Mock the West Ham WHU Week. It was a tough one, and I nearly didn't put it out because there's so much negativity about But then I thought, well, it might lighten the mood. So <laughs> okay. I, I just, did like the, uh, just give it the out Scottish it. bus one. Um, yes. With Geo. Yes. Well, you know... Um. Geo took took it well. Uh, I did tell him I was going to run with it, find as many Scottish jokes as I could. Um, so, it, every- and you breached my confidentiality, in my view, by taking unedited raw footage of my interview with David Gold and releasing it without my permission. My lawyers are looking at this very carefully, Nigel, and we're deciding on a course of action. I'm not going to say any more than that. Well, to be fair, I first thought, all right, then then when I listened to it, it sounded like you called David Gold a see you next Tuesday. Uh, and so, And that's why I put it in. Then I thought, shall I highlight that? And I thought, no, actually, let me just highlight something else. Did you, do you <laughs> briefly, before we do our predictions, do you want to tell, because I know you sent this to me, uh, when I when I did um, a, a, um, a column for West Ham Till I Die, and I did the David Gold interview, what did Florida, Florida Hammer say, who doesn't like me very much, what did he say about my, my piece with David Gold? Uh, what he said was, he said, before I begin, let me just say I appreciate Sean, Brand knows in there, and the work he does on various. But let's get serious. I listen to the podcasts when they come out. I listen intently to various DG interviews, and to be frank about it, Sean, you simply got away with throwing him, throwing him full tosses that he smashes out the park. I'm glad for one thing that you got a proper lad on more than just a podcast team now in Nigel. 
<laughs> I didn't write this, honestly. I might disagree with a lot of what Nigel says, but at least he says it and does things with conviction and honesty. Sean, you're up there simply starstruck with gold and you never ask him any auditing questions. Where's the accountability? We move for more money. It's not being spent wisely. Why all this garbage on the seating? You don't have to be the bloody club studio old life, Sean. Grow a pair, mate. Send a real man like Nigel to do the right job, piece. <laughs> See, I've given that airtime to prove. I, I think oh, I did ask him some. Look, oh, go look, away. If, <laughs> if I'd have asked him, if I'd have asked him the questions you would have liked to ask him or follow the hammer. Let's be honest, the interview wouldn't happen. He wouldn't he would have done have it. Disrespectful. So, you know, I, I got him to answer questions on the interest, which is probably controversial. Uh, or I, I did it in a nice way, but I stand by the interview. But is that right? Is it right that he would only talk to fans that ask him right questions? I, I no, mean, I wouldn't be no, disrespectful He's, he's, he's never said to me. He never gave any conditions. That's what I'm saying. He didn't ask for editorial control. He didn't say, what are you going to talk about? We're not going to talk about that. There was no... But but is he going to Is he gonna say... I'll, I'll ring him up and say, uh, Nigel Khan wants to interview you. And he'd say, are you mad? Well, you, <laughs> it, you know, know I, I'm not sure he'd take it. I don't know until I ask. Maybe I will ask him. i say, will you take an interview from, from Nigel Khan? A respectful Khan? but difficult... Uh, you know, because if he's a man of conviction, if he's a man that believes in, in what he's done is right, then he will stand up to Now, believe me, I've had a conversation with him, and yeah. I'll give him the respect. He did stand up to me. You know, he stood there for 15 minutes, and we went toe to toe. So I, I, I think, in a way, you've protected him, and not David Gold himself. Okay. I'd, right. ra- I'd, rather, I'd rather Nigel interview Brady. <laughs> okay, well, I, I will ask. Uh, I will ask. Oh. I will be talking to the Baroness soon, <sighs> and I will ask her whether she. Well, I will. I'll be asking her to do an interview for more than just a podcast. But I will ask. What's the chance of Nigel doing it? Um, I promise you that. Well, she's got an ego. She can take me on. She should be able to shut me. She shut me up once, and then they say beat me. So I remember. It. I was there. <laughs> yes. I remember Riley. Anyway, we must move on. Uh, predictions, please. I think we've only got one, although obviously the Huddlesfield game is going to be on a on a uh, Monday, so we might have to do it on a Tuesday. Um, but let's do predictions for Huddersfield. Uh, John? I believe we will win 1-0 a very nervy evening. Nigel? 3-0 win. Sure. I'm going to go for a 2-1. I think we're going to go 1-0 down. Everyone's going to be disgruntled and unhappy at half-time and we're going to come out and, and turn it on. And I'm going to go for a draw 1-1. And just in terms of podcasts, I think we should do an outside broadcast first one of the season. Yeah, yeah. Perhaps we could get on the boats after the game and do it. Sure. Maybe, yeah, I'll sort it out. I'm, I'm going to the the match day tours with with james i've been invited as a guest um i did have it four tickets for all of us but no one else wants to come and do the tour so at the moment i've got three spare tickets uh if anyone wants do, to come do a competition. Just do a competition. yeah maybe i should do a competition on the facebook group yeah that'd be good but it, it, i mean it is it is a monday isn't it a day off work to it do it monday. isn't it so you have to, yeah, to come on let's not lie sean's got no mates apart from you lot. <laughs> he, <laughs> he can't to, rustle anyone up the game with him. he has to recruit them via a competition yeah yeah anyway <laughs> that's all we've got time for 
Uh, I've been Sean. George has been... Sorry, was that me? Yeah, yeah sorry. It's you, uh, I've been George in in the middle of a forest of bad Wi-Fi, so sorry. If... Uh, John has been... Happy. Thank you very much. And Nigel has been... Angry. Ooh. That's it. It's goodbye. And uh, I suppose we've just got to do this. Bobby Moore and Suggest The trailer looking at Billy Bones. A pound of digging in the West Ham United. More than just a podcast. More than just a podcast. Of course, that was the wrong one. It should have been this one. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let me host. Come on, you guys. Don't let me host. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.